0: Praise the Lord, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to teach and to share dynamic truths surrounding the Word of God. And we're in a very dynamic and important area of study and examination, and that is the Sabbath. Is it for today? And I'm just so delighted to be able to share these fantastic truths that will give us to know the grand nuances and details of the the plan of salvation and the love that God has for his people today. Before we get into our teaching, we want to pause and pray. Father, we thank you once again for another day of life. We thank you for another opportunity to walk in our purpose. We thank you, Lord God, that in your sovereignty, and God, in your goodwill towards us, that you have purpose that we complete and fulfill our destiny. We thank you today, Lord God, that you've given us your mercy and you've given us grace and unmerited favor that we might be able to really navigate through this day, that we may be led by your spirit, that we can see through your eyes and we can discern the things that we are to appropriate and attend to today. I'm thankful today for that person who came onto this podcast because they were looking for answers. For that person who has a hunger and a thirst for your word, For those persons who have a desire to rightly divide and to teach and share your gospel with simplicity and with clarity, we thank you for them today. We pray that your spirit will continue to move upon the hearts and minds of so many people who are being devastated by disease, by virus, by social unrest, those who are being devastated by racism, riot and terror. Those who are today have pain and disease in their body. Those who are grieving because they've lost loved ones. Dear sir, would you just be with them even the more? Give them to know of your dynamic, powerful presence. Give them peace in the midst of their life storm. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And our minds are so mindful of the words that were spoken by Winston Churchill. He said that the most powerful weapon in the world is truth. And he says, even though it's the most powerful weapon in the world, it is being guarded by so many people and a bunch of lies. So true are the words of Michael Jackson. He says lies run sprints, but truth, they run marathons. And I'm ever mindful of the words that were spoken by Andrei Sakharov, who actually produced the atomic bomb for the Soviet Union. He says that the greatest weapon in the world is not the atomic bomb, but he says the greatest weapon in the world is truth. And this truth matters podcast today we want to stand on the truth and share the truth because jesus says you'll know the truth and knowing the truth it will make you free and we're going to pick up today in our exposition on is the sabbath for today and we're going to read a a very common verse that has sometimes been overlooked by those who maintain that sabbath observance is for the 21st century, and it's Romans 14, 5 and 6. Here's what it says. It says one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. But what did Paul go on to say in his in his letter to the Romans? He says, let every man be fully persuaded within his own mind. Everyone who regards a day regards it unto the Lord. And as we look at that verse in Romans 14, verse 5 through 6, I think that it really bears some commentary. And and what Paul is saying is that he that regards today, that makes conscience of the observance of the Jewish feasts and festivals, not imposing it upon others nor laying stress upon it, but willing to be as he thinks on the sure side as thinking there is no harm in resting from worldly labors and worshiping God on those days. It is well. It's important for us to understand within our listening audience today that we have a reason to think because in other things, he conducts himself like a good Christian. That in this also, his eye is single and that he regards it unto the Lord. And God will accept of his honest intention, though he be under a mistake about the observance of days, for the sincerity and the uprightness of the heart were never rejected for the weakness and the infirmity of the head. So good a master do we serve. But on the other hand, he that regards not the day, that does not make a difference between one day and another does not call one day holy or another profane, or one day lucky and another unlucky, but he esteems every day the same. He does not do it out of a spirit of opposition or contradiction or contempt for his brother. If he be a good Christian, he does not, he dares not, do it from such a principle, and therefore we charitably conclude, that to the Lord, he does not regard it. He makes no such difference of any day, only because he knows God has made no difference in any day and therefore intends to honor and endeavoring to to dedicate every day to God. No day bigger, no day more important, but I dedicate every day unto God. So for the other instance, he that eats whatever is set before him, Though it be blood, though it be swine's flesh, if it be food convenient for him, he eats it to the Lord. See, he understands in this instance his liberty. And the liberty that he understands is the liberty that God has granted him. And he uses it to the glory of God with an eye to his wisdom and goodness and enlarging our allowance now under the gospel and taking off the yoke of legal restraints. Do you hear me today? Paul was saying that whether they observe a day, whether they don't observe a day, whether a person eats a certain thing, whether it's pork, whether it's uh, swine, they do it unto the Lord. And that they have this liberty to observe a day or not observe a day to eat a certain type of food or not eat a certain type of food. And because there are no more yokes or legal restraints, that person, he gives God's thanks for the variety of the food that he has. And this is so important for you all to really catch today. And the liberty that he has to eat it. And that in those things, his conscience is not fettered. On the other hand, he that eats not any of those meats which were forbidden by the ceremonial law, to the Lord he eats not. It is for God's sake, because he is afraid of offending God by eating that which he is sure was once prohibited. And he gives God's thanks to that there is enough besides. So if he conscientiously denies himself that which he takes to be forbidden fruit, Yet he blesses God that of the other trees of the garden, he may eat freely. Thus, while both have an eye to God and what they do and approve themselves to him in their integrity, why should either of them be judged or despised? It's so important for us today that in this particular verse, Paul is letting the church know That every man has the liberty. If they want to observe a day, they can observe it. But if they choose not to observe the day, there's no mandate. There's no requirement. And there's no yoke that demands that they observe it. So it is with food. If a person says, I'm a vegetarian, I only can eat vegetables and God forbid us to eat certain foods those with the hoof and those that chewed the cud and those that were swine well if the ceremonial law had those restrictions and you still feel like well I want to continue to follow the ceremonial law and if you do it as unto the Lord that's fine if I eat some bacon ham or if I have a rib that's fine You don't judge me because I eat it. I don't judge you because you don't eat it. Because we're both answerable to God in our motives and in our earnest sincerity. But the main point is, we have to follow what is called the maxim of Augustine. What did Augustine say? He said, in essentials of the Christian faith, harmony. In non-essentials, liberty. But in all things, charity. There are some things that we all have to agree upon. What are some of those things? The essentials. What are the essentials? Well, Jesus says we have to love one another. That's essential. The Bible says that without accepting Jesus Christ, there's no salvation in any other name. We all have to believe that. The Bible says that the Word of God is His written document and it's for truth and for doctrine and for reproof and instruction and correction. We all have to believe that. The Bible says that there is a place called heaven. We have to believe that. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ's atonement on the cross is the only propitiation for sin. We have to believe that. So in the essentials, we have to be harmonious. We have to all agree. But in non-essentials, what are those? Whether or not I can play sports and be a Christian. Well, we don't have to agree upon that. Whether or not if I'm a Christian, if I can uh, shoot pool or go bowling. Well, we don't have to agree upon that. If I'm a Christian, is okay if I wear makeup or not. We don't have to agree upon that. If I'm a Christian, is it okay if I go to a sporting event? We don't have to agree upon that. If I'm a Christian, can I have a glass of wine? We don't have to agree upon that. In non-essentials, we have to have liberty, just as Paul explained to the Roman Church in this 14th chapter. And in my listening audience, the final thing is, in all things, we have to have charity or love. So as we walk in love, we should not condemn and castigate people to hell because they have discovered in scripture that there is liberty and according to Romans 14, Paul so aptly concluded there is no mandate to observe the Sabbath or have any special day. Just like there is no mandate that there are restrictions on foods to the church. Even though there were restrictions under the ceremonial law, what you should eat and should not eat, and just like there were demands under the law that you should observe the Sabbath, but remember, there has been a shift and there has been an alteration. We're going to look at another one. This one is very important, and it's out of Colossians, the second chapter, verse 11 through the 16. It says, in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Why? Because Jesus is the inference here canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Indebtedness to what? The note requiring adherence. Adherence to what? Observing the Sabbath day. Or a certain religious festival. Or not eating certain things that were mandated under the ceremonial law. And then it goes on to say which stood against us and condemned us. But what did Jesus do because it condemned us? He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. I believe that every person who insists that the Sabbath is for today must really take note and look at what this particular verse in Colossians 2 is saying. And I'm going to just give a, a few comments about this verse because it's very important for us to understand. Now the Apostle Paul in this letter to the Colossian church, he concludes that the chapter with exhortations to proper duty, which he infers from the foregoing discourse. Here is a caution to take heed of Judaizing teachers or those who would impose upon Christians once again the yoke of the ceremonial law. So that's why he said, Let no man therefore judge you in meat nor drink. Verse 16, Much of the ceremonies of the law of Moses consisted of the distinction of meats and days. It appears, as we just read in Romans 14, that there were those who were for keeping of those distinctions. But here, the apostle shows that since Christ has come, and has canceled the ceremonial law, we ought not to keep it up. That's why he says, let no man impose those things upon you for God has not imposed them. If God has made you free, be not you again entangled in that yoke of bondage. And there are so many people who insist that we must observe the Sabbath today And they have restrictions on certain things that we should eat. And they really live a very legalistic type of approach. They will insist that we do those things. But Paul is saying by them doing that, they're trying to get you to take off the liberty that Christ has made you free with and to walk again in the yoke of bondage. In this the rather, because of these things, they were shadow of things to come, is what Paul was suggesting and teaching, imitating that they had no intrinsic worth in them and that they are now done away. I want everyone in my listening audience today to just say that. I want you to say, these things have been done away. If you are a person who has been bound or taught or you believe that you must keep the Sabbath, I want you to really embrace the fact today that they have been done away. See, the body of Christ, the body of which they were shadows, has come. And to continue the ceremonial observances, which were only types and shadows of Christ and the gospel, It carries an intimation that Christ has not yet come. Why is it that the Jews don't accept Jesus Christ? They don't believe that the Messiah has come. And if we continue to walk in Sabbath observance and all the dietary and ceremonial restrictions and bondages of the Old Testament, we're really crying out, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, has not really come. So it's so important today that the gospel state has not yet commenced is what we're saying. Observe the advantage we have under the gospel, above what they had under the law. They had the shadows. We have the substance. He cautions them to take heed of those who would introduce the worship of angels as mediators between God and them, as the Gentile philosophers did. He says, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. So today in this Truth Matters podcast, I think it's very important that we really lay hold upon these truths. Now we're going to discuss a very important aspect of whether or not the Sabbath is for today is just the focus on the term and the component of rest. Matthew 11:28 28 and 29 says, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You shall find rest for your souls. Now, as we look at this particular verse, this coming unto me, all ye that labor, observe the character of the persons, all that labor and all that are heavy laden. This is a word and season to him that is weary. Just think about Isaiah 50 and four. Those who complain of the burdens of the ceremonial law, which was an intolerable yoke. Do you hear me? do you hear me today Matthew was eluding back and Jesus was eluding back and making a contrast between the heavy yoke and the heavy burden of those who were under the burden of the ceremonial law which was intolerable a heavy yoke to bear and was made much more so by the tradition of the elders According to Luke 11 and 46, let them come to Christ and they shall be made easy. He came to free his church from the yokes and all of the impositions and the burdens of the ceremonial law and the practices of not being able to do anything on the Sabbath day. And he also came to cancel the imposition of those carnal ordinances and to introduce a purer and more spiritual way of worship. But it is rather to be understood of the burden of sin, both the guilt and the power of it. Note, all those and those only are invited to rest in Christ that are sensible of sin as a burden and groan under it. And are not only convinced of the evil of sin and of their own sin, but are contrite in soul for it, that are really sick of their sins, weary of the service of the world of the flesh, that see their state and the dangers by reason of sin, and are in pain and fear about it as Ephraim was, according to Jeremiah 31 and 18. Peter's hears in Acts 2 and 37 and Paul's hears in Acts 9. This is a necessary preparative for the pardon and the peace. The comforter must first convince, I have torn and then I will heal. The invitation itself come unto me, the glorious display of Christ's greatness which he had in verse 27 as the Lord of all might frighten us from him. But see here, how He holds out the golden scepter, scepter, that we may touch the top of it and may live. Note, it is a duty in the interests of weary and heavy-laden sinners to come to Jesus Christ by renouncing all those things which stand in opposition to Jesus or in our competition to His love and grace. We must accept Jesus. He's our physician and advocate. And we must give up ourselves to this conduct and government, freely willing to be saved by him in his own way and upon his own terms. And come and cast the burden upon him under which thou art heavy laden. This is the gospel call. The spirit says, come in him, come. And the bride says, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Whoever will, let him come the blessing promised to those that do come, I will give you rest. So we find that in Christ, there is rest for the weary soul. There is rest to the person who was living upon the stain and the burden of sin. There is rest to the sinner who has been living outside of the refuge in the communion of our loving God. There is rest to the person who has been walking in legalism and walking in works of the flesh, walking in the works of their own righteousness, and have never known the righteousness of Jesus Christ, did not understand the pure relationship that they didn't have to labor anymore by keeping ordinances. What do I do on this day? What don't I do on that day? Can I eat this food? Do I pay my tithes? Do I fast twice a week? And all of the works that man had to do to be righteous before God, he says. Enter into the rest That comes through Jesus Christ It's so important that we do that today Now As we Get ready to end our podcast today We want to just Go into one more particular verse And it's in Hebrews 9 And it's speaking of rest It says in Hebrews 4 9 There remains then A Sabbath rest For the people of God And there are so many people When they read this verse and they see this verse in Hebrews, they just superficially say, Well, see, this is the New Testament, and it says, There remains a a Sabbath rest for the people of God. But I want you all to understand something very important here about this rest that perhaps you haven't understood. Here the apostle declares that our privileges by Christ under the gospel are not only as great, but greater than those that were under the Mosaic law. He specifies this, that we, are, that we do have a promise left us of entering into his rest. That is, of entering into a covenant relation to Christ and a state of communion with God through Christ and of growing up therein to we are made perfect in glory. We have discoveries of this rest and proposals and the best directions of how we may attain into it. This promise of spiritual rest is a promise left us by the Lord Jesus Christ in his last will and testament as a precious legacy for us. Our business is to see to it that we be the, what we call the legal tease, that we lay our claim to that rest and freedom from the dominion of sin, Satan and the flesh, by which the souls of men are kept in servitude and deprived of the true rest of the soul, and may be also set free from the yoke of the law and all the toilsome ceremonies and services of it, and may enjoy peace with God in His ordinances and His providences and in our own consciousness and so have the prospect and the earnest of perfect and everlasting rest in heaven. See, here Paul or the writer of Hebrews was letting us know that that rest that we had in the Old Testament, that ceremonial rest, that yoke, the ceremonial burdens that we were carrying did not really give us a rest in a relationship and an assurance and a communion and a confidence and the assurance of eternal life in an everlasting communion with our Lord and Savior. That's what we're supposed to rest in today, not in its. 6 o'clock on Friday night and I'm not going to go to work and I'm not going to pour any water I'm not going to wash my car I'm not going to cook no food I'm not going to do any labor because I'm up under a Sabbath observance till 6 o'clock on Saturday that's not the rest that the Christian church is in today, but we're resting in hope. We're resting in communion. We're resting in assurance. We're resting in our confidence. We're resting in his faithfulness. We're resting in our eternal abode with him. We're resting in our eternal life through Christ. That's the rest that remaineth for the people of God. It's different than that, oh, burden of some sabbath observance thank you god for your rest thank you for your love thank you for when you said it's finished on calvary you said that sabbath observance is finished the ceremonial laws are finished all of the burden and the yokes that hindered you they're finished because of my blood and because i conquered death you shall live also eternally with me. Thank you, God. I rest in that today. You pray for us. And I pray that those in my listening audience will lay claim and walk in that rest as well.